You don't get to touch me. Ever. Okay, Romeo. Let me help you up. Get off of me! Don't you touch me! It is over between us, Kate. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! Okay, here we go. Seminars coming up. Next one up is June 11th through the 13th. And then after that, August 13th through the 15th, both those in Wichita Falls. For camps on the list, we do have a coaching development camp in Houston on May 8th. That's covering how to coach the squat. For lifting camps coming up, we have a self-sufficient lifter camp on May 15th and then July 11th, both of those in Wichita Falls. Both of those covering the squat, the press, the deadlift, how to film your lift, and how to diagnose your own technique. We have one spot left for the squat and deadlift camp on April 24th in Houston at Starring Strength Houston. And then we've added a brand new camp to the list, an Olympic lifting camp, where we'll cover the clean and jerk as well as the snatch. That'll be June 19th, and that'll actually be coached by Rip in Denver at Starring Strength Denver. Continue to have meets on the list in everyone's favorite Omaha location, Testify Strength and Conditioning, with some USA weightlifting action and some strongman action. Check out the website for details. You know, I was breaking bread with my buddy Ray Gillenwater, Starting Strength Gyms, recently, and he informed me that you can join a Starting Strength Gym and get coaching for less than 30 bucks a session. We were splitting a beautiful plate of potato latkes when he told me that we also just announced Starting Strength Orlando. Many cities on the list, many cities yet to come. For more information or to get on that list to be informed or request a location, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. Com. And as usual, for more information on any of the events that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting strength. Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio on the new Starting Strength Network, SSN. Clever. I like CNN. Clever. Right? Uh, we need a logo, I guess. SSN logo that can run at the bottom of the screen and make some shit crawl across yeah. the bottom of it. Do we have a death count? Death count? Death count, of, yeah. Of How many death. people have died in Wichita County of COVID since <laughs> since 12 o'clock midnight today? If James O'Keefe walks through the door, fucking run. Yeah. James O'Keefe does an expose on us. Starting strength network. The lies. Uh, these, these people are lying to you. Well, you know who would agree with that? I'll show you right now who would agree with it. that. Yeah. On comments from, from the haters. haters. <laughs> oh, there! look, these are some quality ones this time. I don't know what happened. Somebody must have woken up, but... This is, this is good. Here's some guy named John K. It's a little sad because this guy does have a clue about strength training. 
But his political philosophical ramblings are filled with logical missteps, and the conclusions he wrongly draws are potentially badly misleading to those. Fuck you. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> this guy thinks that this is important, apparently. All right. <laughs> All right, here's James Clerk Maxwell. Historical, you know, who's a physicist, I believe. You don't believe in COVID? What an idiot. <laughs> I wonder what he means by that. Like, I don't believe it exists or believe in. That's the implication. Yes. Well, that's that's very revealing. Believe like, in not science. believing in God. Believe in science. Believe in the climate. Believe in you don't God. Believe in the climate. You don't believe in climate change. Uh Here's here's a fat comment. Mark, let's see you on a treadmill, LOL. Lose that belly. You look completely out of shape. All right. I tuned in. Kempton Bryan says, I tuned in for comments from the haters, but was met with 53 minutes of transphobia. <laughs> this is the, the show with Beth, Beth Stelzer, right? Transphobia. Right. I'm afraid of guys that wear dresses. I'm terrified of men in dresses. Okay. One day I hope to attain the Adonis-like physique of ripple tits. I just listened to a guy tell me in order to survive the apocalypse... I need to buy antibiotics over the phone from an Indian guy selling Viagra, two gallons of bleach, and an air compressor. Got it. <laughs> oh, it is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, and here's one. A Texan telling me to buy propane. Where have I heard that one before? <laughs> That's kind of funny, too, isn't it? I, I no, I, I, I know what he's done. I know what he's done, but uh, King King of the Hill, not Family Guy, but King of the Hill. I I didn't watch King of the Hill because to us here in Wichita Falls, that's a documentary. It's not comedy. That's a documentary. It's not even a cartoon. I had a client when I first moved here who talked, who spoke just like Boomhauer. Yeah. No, no, no. Everybody around here talks like that. Those guys have this down. Yeah. They had to have come up here and just hung around in Wichita right. Falls to come up with shit for that show. Yeah, it was, it just, it, was, there? was there really? Yeah, whenever Dallas Cowboys <laughs> came here. Oh, yeah. shit. Hank Hill and his son came to Wichita Falls. Really? <laughs> oh, God. That's classic. That's classic. Yeah, that that's pretty funny. All right, here's one for Nick. Why does Nick look like a waxed and polished milk dud? Look, this is racism, and we are not going to put up with racism here on the Starting Strength Network. No racism. Thanks for being my ally, Rip. Well, I mean, you're only you're only brown. You can't possibly handle this yourself. You lack the capability of it's the the soft racism of low expectations. Isn't that what it's called? I don't know. That sounds like big words. 
that a brown person couldn't right. possibly understand. Yeah. Well, you know, I, but you're used to that yep. systemic racism being what it is, and racism being systemic. Yep. You know, and it's everywhere. See that wall. As a diversity hire, I understand racism. No, racist people ordered the building of that wall, and it was built with shit produced by people who were the victims of racism. Do you see how deeply this runs yep. in this culture? Yep. Why well, you can't can't get away from it? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, bro, why does Rip think the answer to everything is get fat? He would literally tell John Hack to fucking gain weight. What is that? I don't know. I've never heard of him. John Hack. Look look that up, Rusty. Is it a fat guy? Probably, if I had to guess. Probably a fat guy. Well, I don't know. Some power lifter yeah. who's already taken my advice and gained weight, right? Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Ripple Tits needs to do some goddamn cardio. He can't even read one comment from the haters without snorting and breathing hard. The Ripple Tits is a... Note the normal breathing rate. See, I just refuted. You were point. holding your breath, I saw. Was it? Yeah, you were holding your breath. Yeah, haters always win, don't they? Ripple tits is a is a unique one, huh? You've never heard that before, I'm sure. Well, there's two of them, though. No, we've heard that before. Ripple tits. Mark is in such fantastic shape, even his toes are ripped. <laughs> God damn. I, That's I'm not telling you, this, this is stupid. Yeah, he should have. All right, let's see. Uh, why does Rip think the answer to everything is get fat? He would literally, oh, that's, we've already read that. Well, you know how that got in there twice? What'd you do, Bree? It's getting closer. Oh, great. A power lifter, a power lifter trying to teach Olympic lifts. Is that Meggers they're talking about? Yeah, this is racking the power clean with Phil Meggers. He thinks Phil Meggers is a power lifter. Yeah. You know why he thinks that? Because he's stupid. (laughs) Because he's one of the haters. He's, by definition, stupid. All right, here, and this is the last one. 60 pounds in four months is nothing less than getting fat what you are doing LMAO. I read that. It's exactly what was typed here. Yeah. Uh, that's the uh, getting, gaining 60 pounds in four months of starting to shrink Dallas thing, right? And that was all Dexed and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. But what do you expect? What the fuck do you expect from comments, comments. From, from the heaters? 
makes me wonder what Max looked like before. I wish it was a before picture. He, oh, yeah. He, he, he the little like a guy. Person. They didn't get a before picture? They didn't, no. What the goddamn idiots? Yeah. He looked like a normal person after 60 pounds. I think they thought he wouldn't stick around or something. Yeah. They probably, well, like, that's, yeah. you always get a before picture. Yeah, yeah. Just in case something good happens, like right. they do the program. Okay. Now, let's dive right into this Q&A, shall we? Did I mention we were doing the Q&A? You did. Uh, I don't think I did. Maybe not. No, I didn't. Today's Q&A. Maybe we should right. welcome our subscribers. Welcome our subscribers. It's time to do that. Uh, those of you that are subscribing to Starting Strength Network, you're going to get your questions answered first today. And they get to see you. They and they get to, get to see me. In the new studio. In the new studio, the brand new, shiny new studio. Remember when they used to do, what was the TV show? The Price is Right. Bob Barker? No, no, the one where Monty Hull. Oh, shit. It's, where uh, he would say, come on down. Oh, that is Price is Right. Yeah. <clears throat> was that Price is yeah, Right? Yeah, Bob Barker was the head. And you would win a brand new car. Right. A brand new washing machine, you know. A jet and, ski. I was always excited. And this about the jet fucking broad with nice tits was walking around going. Yeah. No, I yeah. think they have, they, have, they, have they, have they have men now. They have men now. They have men now. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. And it's uh, good. That, that makes it much more. Is it Drew uh, Carey now? Drew Carey's the host. Much less sexist. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> because nice tits have always been sexist, right? If that's true, what are we going to do about the scourge of plastic surgery? What are plastic surgeons going to do? What do we have to do with plastic surgeons? Kill, I mean, kill them. Kill all of them because they are reinforcing the sexist archetype that big tits are inherently good. Yep. Right? And the women that that's, go, that's just a death penalty. The women that defense, as far as I'm concerned, the women that uh, receive these services. Why they've been brainwashed? They, they're victims. They are victims. Yeah. They're victims of sexist brainwashing. They have no agency of their own. Yep. Women that want rubber tits are oh, you know they're they're. Uh, you know, they're just playing along. They're the willing dupes. Yeah. It's really sad. Of actually. their sexist masters. Yeah. Right. Very sad. It is. It's a sad commentary on uh, many, many things. Hi, Rip and Nick. Oh. This is John Davis. I'm both excited and concerned about the possibility of the Starting Strength subscription service. If everything moves to a subscription, how will you get comments from the haters? Great question. The stupidity of these comments is sometimes the funniest shit I've heard all week. Guess you're good until YouTube goes completely insane. Well, it's a great you question. know, let's uh, let's talk about that. Uh, Nick, <laughs> what the fuck are you going to do <laughs> about no comments from the haters? Well, We're just going to discontinue. Look, people that subscribe to the service that pay money by to see this insane shit are not haters. By definition, not haters. They're not haters. Right. What are you going to have them Unless do? Fake it? Haters. What? Unless they hate you so much that they'll pay to, hate to troll you. 
That'd be interesting. That may happen, actually. You know? That may happen. That'll be oh, fun. I, let's do this. Let's come up with a lower price point. For haters. For haters. So if you submit a haters comment, I mean a good one, you know, every week on the uh, in response to the podcast, that we take like half off of your <laughs> already usurious subscription like price. That's a hard. That's a high standard, though. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be, you know, well, lobster, it, it, lobster. How much are we charging? Nine ninety nine or seventy five a year. I thought it was nine ninety five. Nine ninety nine. We well, want that extra four cents. The four cents. It pays, yeah. pays breeze. <laughs> if she'll work for it, that's fine. Uh, so the hater so, comments. Here's here's here's. So what's point. what's your idea? That, well, YouTube will still get clips from the full <coughs> episodes, right? So we got to promote this thing somehow. So we're going to use YouTube and whatever other video services are available in the future. Um, we, we'll post clips from the podcast like we do now every day. Right. We'll post clips from whatever content we produce in the future. And honestly, the hater comments are rarely on our full episode podcast. They're usually on the clips anyway. Yeah, that's like, true. Because, like today we, we, because haters have a little small, tiny short ex- attention, attention span right. because they're stupid. Yeah. So if it's not in the first minute or two of the video, we're not going to get a hater comment. Right. 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 So today we posted a clip with the kid uh, that you told that needed to gain weight. <clears throat> and That generated a hater comment. Comments, comments, comments. Yeah, it means <clears throat> high views, high comments. So that stuff will still right. be there. We'll get plenty of TLDR comments. kind of thing for video, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's always and, and funny shit. as hell. TLDR, but there's a comment. But there's a comment, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, and, and we might just produce some stuff only to trigger haters. We, we'll see. See what happens. You know that is a good idea. We'll troll the fucking haters themselves. Oh, well, we could do some targeted. No, we could do some targeted hate. Yeah. Uh, Like, uh, let's do a cooking show on how to cook with lard, white flour, and white sugar. Yeah, that'd be good. And just make a paste. Yep. And we need to find an equivalent to and the to the trap bar because the trap bar triggers lots of people. Trap bar, everybody loves the trap yeah, bar. Yeah, so we got to find loves a, to hate on us hating the trap yeah, bar. Yeah. So uh, I guess the football bar is next. Everybody likes that. We got to do the football bar. Uh, it's not as widely used though. We'll figure. No, something out. but you know There's why it's not as widely there. used? Because it's even stupider than the haters are. Yeah. Yep. It's wildly ass unstable. You're right. going to hurt yourself doing that thing. And, uh, yep. Functional training tends to trigger people and, and, uh, stretching triggers people. When too. I crit, when I criticize stretching. Yep. Yeah. Well, you do a whole show on why stretching is a waste of fucking time. Yep. You know, why 15 minutes of active warm up is a waste of time my mobility is a waste of time yeah well you know so don't you, don't worry about the hater comments they'll, they'll we'll, still we'll figure out a way to generate comments from the haters the we, flow. we can't we can't let that go yeah so uh yeah i think it's important especially important to understand that the uh, most of the comments that i read out of this pile of of gibberish and drivel today were generated from 
uh, the clips. Yeah. I don't think there was one comment in there Except that, was, for the, that uh, commented on a whole show. The transphobia one. The transphobia. But I doubt that guy watched the whole thing. He didn't watch the whole thing because he would have been afraid. Yeah. Of guys wearing dresses. Right. You know, when I said guys wearing dresses, that might be the first time some people have ever heard that trans women are guys wearing dresses. You think? Maybe. You know, and were this not appearing on on starting train network that comment would get us pulled off of youtube possibly yeah oh i insist on it <laughs> that should get us pulled off we need you know what we need to do as a policy we need to have a comment in every one of the shows that would get us pulled <laughs> off of youtube shit right and then if anybody you know listened- make the clips that we put on youtube all around that yeah just around it Right, and not have that on there. What do you think about that? It's like when he bleeps out something, everybody wonders what, what you said. Oh, yeah, everybody. Without, without exception, everybody. All we got to do what is... What was bleeped out? All we have to do is run the camera before we shoot for about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck, we might... That we would might, get us... <laughs> get us uh, yeah. That we, would get us sued, shit. probably. All right, so... uh all the same, I will be ready to subscribe once available. Hey, well, it's, it's available. available. There we go. I 100% support the move away from big tech censors. Fuck them and fuck the haters too. Now that the statement is the guy we want on our solidarity. side. Solidarity. Solidarity, man. We like the haters, though. I like the haters. Lech Walensky could not have had a yep. better solidarity companion than that guy. All right, now, here are some comments from our subscribers. Uh, Is there any difference in the way you think about or prepare for shows now that you're not on YouTube? Did their policies cause you to self-censor? Well, now, that is an excellent question. Uh, No, I didn't didn't actively self-censor anything, uh, that we have done in any of the past two years' shows. Uh, absolutely not. I did not, I did not uh, hold anything back that I wanted to say. And, you know, the fact that YouTube hadn't censored us um, indicates to me that YouTube is not very good at this. Well, they did, they you know. Oh, they demonetize stuff all the time, and they fail to promote. I mean, here, look at it like this. We were at 205,000 subscribers back, what, six, eight months ago? Maybe more. Maybe maybe last summer, maybe nine or ten months ago. I mean, we were gaining 5,000 a month. Yeah, we were headed up quickly, and then suddenly everything just cratered. Yeah. You know, It, it was the same thing that Twitter was doing to my personal account, you know, We'd add, you know, 80, 90 followers in a day, and then suddenly the next day I was down 90 or 100 followers. You know, they're just keeping it. They're just chipping away at it. They've got an algorithm that fucks with the people that they don't like. 
But it may be that we uh, didn't have enough subscribers to rise to the level of attention that YouTube likes to pay to uh, poor bastards like uh, Iwanides or, you know, other people that are actually challenging the paradigm. We're also considered a health and fitness yeah. Yeah, that could be. It could be that we just didn't attract their attention. That's what I'm saying, is we didn't attract their attention because they didn't consider us a serious uh, political commentary show, even though we were making serious commentary. But, either way, uh, either way, it's our, it's it's random it, and arbitrary. You it, can't tell because when they decide to right. to demonetize something, there's no reason uh, no. why. It just says this this ad will. Uh, will show limited, or this video will show limited ads, and you click a little thing that says, a little question mark, and it just it says uh, due to whatever, uh, right. might be offensive, might violate our con- our community guidelines, but they they don't tell you for one, um, so the right. so it's not it's not a yeah our our subscriber count has gone down or has stayed the same has stayed stagnant oh it it's be. it's gone up from 205,000 to 209,000 in the course so. of but something the, like that but the but rate, it's, the rate it, has, whereas it would have been 350 it should have been it should be higher you know it, much higher than that so either way they're they're suppressing you know they're not our stuff isn't getting as far reach right. but but that's not even the problem the problem is that because the rules are are unknown to us they're arbitrary. <clears throat> well, you, you so you sent an email where uh, someone had had forwarded you the the community guidelines on COVID or you know shit that you can and can't talk about on right. Uh, but that was right. published in October. Yeah, and uh, and we violated we, that. We violated all the time, and no, and we didn't every know, episode, and basically. we don't we don't know about it. You know, they update stuff and they <clears> tell people. But either way, you know, whatever. the The problem is that one day, uh, if one day they may or may not decide that that we're off. And you don't want to wait. And just take us fucking down. And you, you don't, you don't and, want to wait until that. You want to be proactive and, and, about it. And the and the what is happening right now is accelerating. Yeah. And uh, things are getting worse getting by the silly. day. It's getting real silly. And uh, sillier and sillier every single fucking day. So we might only have been two weeks away from right. total banning. I don't. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't have the slightest idea what they're going to do. And aside from all the, that, if they, we're, that, YouTube is now the state media, sure. along with CNN and all these other networks. Yeah, DeSantis, the the, the Barrington uh, Declaration, the guys yeah. from look at the list of of physicians and experts that right. made up that that co-signed the Barrington Declaration, right. and then the discussion, the hour and a half video about that declaration. Is, that DeSantis made with you four scientists, you're not, not not four Alex Joneses, but four scientists, scientists that were MIT Stanford, that had committed whatever. the unpardonable sin of not agreeing with Anthony right. Fauci, right? Right. But here's and, the thing, and they just took him down. You're not allowed to to hear that information, right? Uh, no, so, this is Goebbels right. level propaganda. It's all Goebbels level propaganda, and. It is our recommendation for you to turn off the television. You don't want it just running into your head like a water hose, right? Even if you know it's bullshit, like a water hose, you're going to get wet. Turn it off. Ignore it. Don't let it into your head. Don't leave it on in the house. Don't listen to it because it will fuck you up, right? I mean, 
the, the, the YouTube guidelines that I saw specifically said that we will not post any content that talks about the effectiveness and safety of either ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine as an effective treatment for COVID-19. When the undisputable evidence, the data shows that it obviously, absolutely is. And that is, that's nothing but propaganda. And even if it's not, you're putting that information at the same <clears throat> level of like, I don't know, uh, 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 horrifically violent, you know, like snuff films. Or, you, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, right. you're, you're equating. The you're saying things. it's just as evil. Just as evil. Right. Just as evil. As the, and, and you could probably watch people getting killed you on can, YouTube. In fact, but you can't hear about ivermectin. Right. Even you even know. aside from all their policy stuff, you know, we if we have the means through through the subscribers and our fans and people who like this show to be able to go off on our own, uh, it just we have to do it. Yeah, we just, have to do it, and we have in fact done it because and, it goes against everything that and we're. And so here you believe. are. You know, uh, it's seventy five dollars a year. Just do it that way. You save a bunch of money doing $75 a year. And uh, you pay us once, and and we promise we're going to give you the same level of unfiltered, bullshit-free content that we've always done. We're just going to do it in a way where we can't be turned off. Yeah. Okay? So. This might be a good time to also say that uh, um, subscribers get – uh, we have a forum. Subscribers get yeah. a private forum. There is a there's a there's a private forum for the subscribers that you have access to, where you have direct access to me and anybody else you want to talk to, and uh, we uh, work that just as hard as we do the other forum. And once it gets up and rolling, I'll be spending less time on the other forum and more time on this one. And uh, I think she put up a a a, a Forum today strictly for current events, so uh, oh yeah, yeah, we'll have the same kind of discussions over there on that one that we did on the, that we have right now on the thread on my Q and A that's approaching two million views. Yep. So uh, look for that. Uh, all right, here's one. As we've seen with Parler, it's quite difficult getting your stuff off of mainstream infrastructure that can be politically pressured. Does this potentially impact Starting Strength Network? Any advice to other businesses doing the same? Well, as we've just said, yes, it has a quite a profound effect on what we have done. We have decided to be proactive and remove ourselves from uh, censorship, right? I got off of Facebook and Twitter, oh, it's been three or four months ago. And uh, if you go to, and you know, it's it's damn near impossible to get off of Facebook. Uh, somebody looked me up on Facebook the other day and said that the account is still open, even though I tried like hell to close it. You know, you when you, there is a, a process by which you can go through Facebook and shit can your account and delete your account. And then the last message you get after you sign in and do all this shit and verify that it's you and you actually want to go away, will say that, all right, we're going to leave this up for another 30 days. 
just in case you change your mind. And if you <laughs> want to come back, uh, all you have to do is log in again. And we'll reactivate your account. Well, I swear to God, I didn't do that. I didn't log in. I hadn't been on Facebook at all. Yeah, you're still on here. Isn't that amazing? And that, still, it won't let me leave. And we're still friends, so that's good. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, they won't let me leave. But just so you'll know, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. Whatever you see on there, it's not me. And if you look me up on Facebook, you'll notice that I haven't posted anything in a long time because I'm not on Facebook. But Facebook won't let me not be on Facebook. <laughs> This is the weirdest goddamn time in human history. You know, can you imagine 20 years ago, somebody bitching about not being able to leave Facebook? <laughs> Everybody would look at each other and say, the fuck is Facebook? Why do I need that shit? You know, but it's, or they'd say, just leave, just leave, just, leave it. just get up and go, get up and go. But you can't. <laughs> So uh, let's see. All right, here's a different type of question. When I went to went in to consult with a surgeon about a possible gallbladder removal, I found out that I have a small umbilical hernia. He said that it could be fixed easily with a stitch or two. I have heard on recent episodes that I can just train with it using a Velcro belt over the area, which I have been doing. At the end of the session, I just push it back in. Should I get this fixed? If so, should I insist on mesh? And if I do, how would you go about recovering from the surgery and rehabbing? I was told by the surgeon I would need to lay off of the weights for six weeks at least. I'm not terribly keen on that idea. All right, David. No, that's, that's this other guy, Gus Warden. Here's the deal. You're going to have your gallbladder taken out anyway. Why would you have your gallbladder taken out and not have the hernia repaired? <clears throat> that doesn't make any sense. All right. He's going to go in and he probably just go in through the hernia and pull the gallbladder out, suture that off, you know, button that up nice and tight. And then he's going to come out. And what he wants to do is put a piece of mesh over the, over the, the hernia, the midline hernia. And, uh, it's an umbilical hernia. And, and what he'll do is, is, Mesh, repair that, stitch it all up, and close it. So, in other words, he's just going to close the entry wound he's making for the gallbladder surgery with a piece of mesh. Let him do it. You know, and then I would probably continue to train with that Velcro belt over that place on your belly because that's right above where you wear your belt anyway. I would go ahead and continue to train with the Velcro belt reinforcing that repaired hernia for, you know, nine months or a year. And then, you know, next year, take it off, see how it feels. You'll know if something's wrong immediately. But if there's ever any doubt, just wear the second belt. It doesn't matter. But uh, if you've got a little bitty umbilical hernia right now, I mean, the people that get those are fat guys, right? People that have gallbladder surgery are also fat guys. If you'll get your uh, diet under control and quit eating so goddamn many carbs, uh, you know, this. if you had done that a couple of years ago, this conversation would be taking place. But uh, if you're a 
a fat tub of shit, you need to clean your diet up. Imagine me saying that. <laughs> the fattest human being on earth saying that you need to clean your diet up. So uh, I, I don't know what your gallbladder situation is, but you're going to have it taken out. The, the repair of the hernia is a no-brainer, as the kids say. All right. Our friend Dave Rowe says, do you think that real communal and familial interaction is possible while social media exists? Well, now that's an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, if you've got, um, you know, in your house, you've got your kids who prefer to text each other than talk to each other or prefer to post to each other on Facebook rather than getting up, putting the phone down and walking over and talking to each other, then yeah, you've got a fucking problem. You know, but I think that is a parenting issue. I think that uncontrolled access to any indulgence is probably bad for children growing up. Uh, you know, I, um, you know, my mother would not let me have more than one Coke a day. That's back in the sixties. It's wasteful. You have no business doing things that taste good that often during the day. These people grew up in the Depression. they firmly convinced that, you know, you shouldn't use too much dental floss <laughs> at one time, right? So, uh, well, when I was when I was a I, kid, it was the phone. I yeah, mean, I mean, didn't didn't people spend hours on the phone and on three way calls and stuff? Yeah, we've always Just done that. Time. You know, wasting time communicating with each other. And then other. for me, high school and instant. Did you ever use instant messenger? Did you ever use what, that? AOL? AOL Instant Messenger? Yeah, not much, I mean, I but a little bit. 15 windows up at one time. Oh, I never had. No, messaging. I never did it. I mean, I spent, I spent never did it to that extent. Lots of hours on Instant Messenger. No, no, I didn't, didn't, didn't do that. I was, you know, not that same generation, yep. you know, just didn't didn't do that. Well, we talked on the phone. We were kids all the time. You know, it's right. been an hour on the phone every night. Yep. Talking to buddies, that sort of shit. Trying to chat up girls, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's just a different a different day. But uh, it, Facebook allows kids to be exposed to way, way, way more than one person's opinion at a time. Yeah. And, and if you, as a parent, have not provided them with a way to filter through all that bullshit, then, yeah, it's... It's harmful. Absolutely, it's harmful. You know, if you have told them that whatever Facebook thinks is is good is what's good, <laughs> yeah. you get the you get is the, the is, you know you get the worst you get the worst from people um, because it brings out the worst in people. Yes, it does. And and and, and aside from that, the there 
Instagram and Facebook in particular are designed to be addictive. And that's, in my they opinion, is build a parent, the platform so that you won't turn it off. off. Yeah. Yes. It's a black hole. And yes. that, I think that's the biggest problem for. Yeah. Know, these for people are good at their jobs. They've, they've done that very, very well. But, uh, I mean, there's other shit you need to be doing besides looking at some goddamn idiot tell you what his expert opinion is. You know, yeah. like our comments on the haters. These people don't know a goddamn thing about anything, nothing. Yet, the Internet has empowered them with exactly the same voice as an, an actual expert in the field. And while it's empowered people to... Uh, you know, voice opinions to which they are not entitled. It has failed to provide the users with any kind of a way to filter through that that they don't personally take upon themselves to develop. You know, if you're able to say, oh, this guy on Facebook here is full of shit, well, you're, you're not the typical Facebook user because most of them won't do that. Most of them just like having CNN on in the background. It just soaks in. And pretty soon, you're even more stupid than you used to be. Uh, all right. Good day, Rip. Now on to the regular questions. Good day, Rip. On lifting days, I'm having trouble getting more than two to five hours of sleep and will often spend five to eight hours laying in bed not sleeping, just trying to get as much rest as possible. Would a sleeping aid be of benefit to recovery in my case, or do sleeping aids not provide any additional benefit to exercise recovery? I've been following the NLP split program and work out Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. I'm 41, 300 pounds. I don't know why I can't sleep on days I train. On days I don't train, I get a little more sleep, but not enough to be content with. Uh, I don't consume caffeine nor any kind of stimulants. I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink sodas. I drink one gallon of water daily on top of organic <laughs> fruit juices. I eat enough not to be hungry, and my weights are still increasing five pounds a week on the NLP after six weeks of starting. Uh, I don't want sleep to be my limiting factor on getting stronger and I don't know why I can't fucking sleep. Well, let me tell you why you can't sleep because you're getting up to pee all night long because you drink too much fluid during the day. A gallon of water? What purpose does that serve? Why would you just arbitrarily choose a gallon of water to drink during the day? I mean, you know, there is such a thing as hyponatremia. You know, look that up. You know, you may very well be screwing some some uh, electrolyte balances up with this idiotic ass one gallon of water a day. 300 pounds. Do you think that fat is washed out by the water? People that, you know, are on weight loss programs have all been taught to drink a lot of water. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever looked in your toilet and seen grease floating around in the water. Like after shitting? After peeing. Oh, no. No, you haven't. You don't piss the fat oh, off. Oh, I get what you're saying. You don't piss the fat <laughs> off. You don't piss out 
the fat. Just because you're drinking a bunch of water doesn't mean you're accelerating the process of removing adipose tissue from your nasty fat ass. All right. You're going to have to get your diet under control. You're probably not eating enough protein. That's a real good way to not get recovered. For fat people like this, a ketogenic diet is a real good idea because it works. It makes damn sure you get enough protein. And it provides a caloric deficit, a rather painless caloric deficit, uh, with which to uh, manage your body weight situation. Uh, you know, if looking at this, looking at this post here, I would, you know, my guess is you're not recovering because you're not eating enough protein and you're having to piss too much, and you may have just irritated your your nervous system with this hyper consumption of water. And look, if, why don't you have a drink or two before you go to bed at night? Maybe that'll help you out. You know, I'm not suggesting full-blown alcoholism like like I do. But, <laughs> but you know, have a beer. No, it's too much water. Have some bourbon before you go to bed. Try it. Try it. You know, people do this without any trouble, don't you? Did he say where he was from? No. No, he doesn't say where he's from. Doesn't say where he's from. I don't know. He didn't drink. He's not a Brit. He, you do know that. He mentioned. You immediately he, know. He made sure to mention that he drinks organic fruit juices. Organic fruit juices. So he's from California. He's not going to put. Uh, well, he's either from California or Oregon or Washington. One of the two. Marijuana is organic. Why don't you? Yeah, he smoke some dope before you go to bed. But that would be. Why would a guy that won't drink smoke dope? Right. Oh wait, we know guys like that. We do, in fact. Oh, it's so fucked up. I don't understand that. But. <laughs> All right. Mr. Ribdove, enjoyed reading your book, and I have taken a lot of inspiration from your programmy, Brit. Ah. He's drinking right now. Kalur. Your descriptions are quite detailed and logical. I have shoulder pain, which comes and goes. I've been to a consultant physician who has advised a cortisone shot in my shoulder to improve the condition. I gather from some posts on your forum that you do not favor favor the use of a cortisone <laughs> shot. Might I inquire as to why you don't favor this course of treatment? It's hard to well, read that stuff from the Yeah, case. I know. It's just, I, I'm used to it, but I still am amused. <laughs> still amused with the... My favorite, my favorite. Aluminium. Aluminium is my favorite. But it's spelled aluminum. Yeah. Aluminium. But it's pronounced aluminium. Or, or, uh, uh, it's, or it's, how about this one? Speciality. Speciality. The physio. I'm going to see the physio this afternoon. What's the physio? Well, the physiotherapist? <laughs> oh, you mean the PT? God damn. He can't All say right. that without doing the head. <laughs> uh, look, he's talking about a cortisone shot. He's been to the physio. He's been to the physio. You damn to, right he has. All right, let me tear his fucking shoulders. What's going to happen? Let me tell you what cortisone does. All right. There are two basic types of steroid molecules that are found in our bodies. There are the anabolic steroid molecules, the androgens, the kind that build tissue, right? This testosterone is predominantly the, the, the anabolic hormone that is naturally secreted in your body. 
The catabolic steroid that is secreted by your adrenal glands is called the is called cortisol. Now cortisone is an is a catabolic steroid cortisol analog in the same sense that anabolic steroids are anabolic analogs of testosterone. All right, when when gentleman puts a cortisone shot in your shoulder, cortisone acts in a specific way. It tears down tissue. All right, and this is useful in the case of an inflammatory situation. All right, if you've got a whole bunch of inflammation, your body secretes cortisol in order to eat that inflamed tissue up and help speed up the process of remodeling the injured inflamed area by getting some of this inflamed tissue out of the way. All right. Now, the mechanism of cortisone is the same way. It tears protein down. It breaks things down. But if you stick that in your shoulder, guess what happens? It is not terribly selective in terms of what it tears up. It just tears things up. And if inflamed is in the way, it tears up the inflamed. But guess what else it tears up? Everything it comes in contact with. This is why they normally will not give you more than two cortisone shots in an inflamed joint. Uh, I've heard of people that have had good luck with one cortisone shot. Uh, I would not consider that myself. I was I had shoulder surgery a couple of times and uh, you know I had uh, I had a cervical fusion back 22 years ago. I had C6 seven fused and uh, the neurosurgeon at the time, uh, said there's two things we there's three things we can do we can leave it alone, and just see what happens. Uh, you're probably not going to like that. Second option is to put a cortisone shot in there, and third option is to do diffusion, take off the osteophyte, replace the disc with an allograft, and uh, let the thing get back to as normal as it's going to be. Uh, so what do you want to do? And I said, what does the cortisone shot do? He said, it's just going to prolong <laughs> the time before we have to do the surgery. And I said, well, that doesn't sound particularly interesting to me, so let's just go ahead and schedule the operation. And that is what the deal is. Now, you have not given me a diagnosis for your shoulder pain. What's causing it? Chances are you don't know because you're in the United Kingdom and you have not been told what's wrong with it by the British Public Health Service because they haven't performed an MRI, and they're not going to. They're not going to. You're not going to have a diagnosis. You poor bastards don't have access to diagnoses. Okay? You need to know what's wrong with it before you know whether or not to take the cortisone shot, but probably you don't want to do that. But I don't know. You can't get an MRI, so. In what instances would you get one? Would you get a uh, cortisone shot? Yeah. If you had a little tiny lesion, oh, okay, and the guy was real good with his needle and could lay a little cortisone right down on top of that, but if you've got system wide, right. or osteoarthritis in your shoulder, 
Yep. Well, you can't do anything with a cortisone shot, but even more That's fuck everything. that up. Right. You know? Yep. So, you know, there you have that. All right, dear Rip, I've recently bought The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, and we'll start reading it tonight. Soon I will also buy books by Robert E. Howard based on your recommendation in a previous podcast. In that podcast, you said something along the lines of, I think it's good for lifters to think like that. Aside from the above-mentioned books, are there any other books that you would recommend for a malleable young man such as myself to help shape my mind, character, principles, and moral compass? You seem to have very strong principles and a strong sense of right and wrong, and I admire that a lot. I find myself lacking any strong principles, and my moral compass needs to be recalibrated because I am surrounded by 2 plus 2 equals 5 leftists at college. Well, at least he knows. All right. Now. Self-awareness is He rare. is self-aware. That's rare. Self-awareness is the first step. Yeah. Right. And from his uh, name and uh, email address, looks like he's in the Netherlands. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, As far as books are concerned, I think that Robert Heinlein has made uh, as positive an impression upon me as any other author I've ever read. Uh, I started reading his stuff when I was... 12 and has you know kind of been immersed in this libertarian self-sufficiency leave me the fuck alone kind of kind of attitude since then and uh i'd recommend anything he'd written Uh, i think starship troopers is an excellent book moon is a harsh mistress is probably the most important thing he'd ever written I don't know why. Uh, uh, oh, what's the what's the book about the Martian? Uh, Stranger in a Strange Stranger Land. in a Strange Land is always recommended reading in high school, but not The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Yeah. I never have understood that. Uh, he did a series of books for that were marketed at uh, youth and young adults. Uh, like Citizen of the Galaxy, all of those books, and Moon is Harsh Mistress and Starship Troopers was all part of that little series he was paid to do by the publisher. They're all very important. They've all got lots and lots of real, real good ideas. And I'd recommend all of those. Uh, As far as books are concerned, I'd read uh, Political Philosophy. I would read, uh, you know, and we've talked about this before, Our Enemy the State by Albert J. Nock. Economics in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt. Those two are very, very important. Uh, they're accessible. Uh, if you want to read, you want a longer reading project, uh, The Road to Serfdom by Hayek, Socialism by von Mises. These are all very important books that will provide you with lots and lots of important things to think about. And once you've read all of that, then you can go back and revisit uh <clears throat> Das Kapital by Karl Marx and understand uh, what the problems are with that a lot better than if you just listen to these idiots tell you about how wonderful Marxism is. Uh, As it turns out, um, Alexandria 
Ocasio-Cortez is wrong <laughs> about a few things. Okay? And you need to be equipped with the information that tells you exactly why that's true. Why is she wrong? Now, socialism is a child's philosophy. It is, it is for people who refuse to accept the way the world actually works. All right? Uh, why have I never recommended anything by Ayn Rand? Uh, it's, it's probably because I don't like the way she writes. The woman was obviously brilliant. She's writing in a language that was not her native language and doing an excellent job of that. Uh, but I, for example, Atlas Shrugged, I read Atlas Shrugged by reading every third paragraph and it worked just fine. Didn't miss a damn thing. Uh, Fountainhead's a better book. Fountainhead's a better novel. Yep. Much more entertaining story. Uh, but there are very important things in Atlas Shrugged. Uh, but there are very important things in Anthem, which was a little short novelette she wrote as well. Uh, you know, I, you could explore some Ayn Rand. I find the people that follow Ayn Rand around, the objectivists, I find them to be rather tiresome. They, uh, I heard it described one time, objectivists don't explain things, they italicize You just have to read objectivists to understand why he said that. Yeah, but it's, it's, it, that is pretty funny. But uh, as far as Robert E. Howard is concerned, he's very entertaining. He uh, presents characters that uh, are quite masculine. Uh, taken to extremes, it can cause uh, you can <laughs> find yourself in – some social problems if you <laughs> take all that shit to heart, but it's it's a lot of fun. And I recommend, uh, in, in fact, I, as far as Robert E. Howard's concerned, his historical fiction is better than the Conan stuff. Uh, there are several characters that he wrote about that, you know, had adventures in the Middle East and that were a lot of fun. The Northern Sea Pirates, that sort of thing, back in the Viking days. Those guys were I prefer that to the Conan stories. I really do. Uh, if I'd left anything out, what does he need to read? What's this fine young man need to be exposed to? Uh, that's a hell of a start. The uh, Did you notice the kid at the seminar this last weekend? Uh, I think he's like 18, 19, young mm -hmm. kid, but he had the Killdozer shirt on. It said Tread on Them. You know about the Killdozer, right? No. You know about the Killdozer. The guy... Uh, yeah, the guy uh, in Granby, Colorado. Oh, oh, I remember that. All right, yeah. Can you imagine a 17-year-old kid with a killdozer shirt on? Identified yeah. as a guy awesome. that decided That's to great. go on a rampage. That's great. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, he's... Was it over taxes? No, it was over uh, the the. It, there was an eminent domain situation. That's what. That's where what they built. A, they were they were telling him he had to leave his house. No, and he, they built a concrete plant in front of his shop. 
Yeah. And then, uh, and so, so he. Oh, 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 the and commercial they, tip, and, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and they, they tore up the access road to his shop. So he, on his own, got a bunch of heavy equipment to build a road to have access to his shop. And right. they said, no, you can't do that. They wouldn't permit him to build the road. Right. He was going to do it himself. He was going to do right. the work himself. Wouldn't give him a permit. And then there, during the construction of the concrete plant, there something happened where a sewage line broke on his property. Um, and they wouldn't give him a permit to fix the to sewage fix line. the sewage leak. And they wouldn't fix They wanted him to fuck out of there. Exactly. They yeah. were fucking with him. So yeah. he's, over the course of about 18 months, he armored up a bulldozer, the one that he had bought to build the... And he, and he put together a list of all these people from the city government who mm-hmm. fucked with him, and he, he bulldozed all of their establishments. <laughs> Did they kill, kill the guy? Didn't kill a single person. Did they kill him? Uh, he died. He killed himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he did. He, he, he had built this thing. Took himself out. He had built this thing to where when he was in it, he was never getting out. There was no – yeah, he lowered it on, on the top of the – he lowered the armor. It was like 18-inch thick armor. Uh Metal plate, you know, steel steel tool. No uh, way to get him out. With concrete in the middle of it. So once it was on, he wasn't coming out of there. Yeah. So he's still there. Well, uh, well they cut him out. Did they? <laughs> with cutting torches, finally. <laughs> they tried to blow it up. They tried to do everything. And they, Couldn't blow it up. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Anyway. Well, good for him. Kill dozer guy. Kill dozer guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hell of a story. That's a guy that's had enough of this shit. That's right. You know how many... How many guys like that are being groomed right now? Yeah, shit. It's not their fault. Yeah. Not their fault, but if you, there are people that if you just keep fucking with them and keep fucking with them and keep poking them in the fucking chest, they're not going to react well. That's going on right now. Yep. Yep. In fact. I am a 36-year-old XD1 football player. In my prime, I weighed 225, pinched four, squatted four, 545, cleaned 335, 37-inch vertical. This guy's a freak, man. Currently weighed about 275. Kept benching, still bench 380-400. Hadn't kept up with serious lifting in the other areas. I'd like to get my weight down. Uh, he says he's to, to 240, 250, more healthy level. That'll happen when you start training correctly. And recover and grow in my other lifts. How would you suggest I go about doing this? How would you suggest doing this when working a high-stress job? Well, here's the – and would you suggest any place in the Sacramento metro area? No, unfortunately, we don't have any recommendations for California in general. I recommend you leave. <laughs> If you're asking for my recommendation, I recommend that I recommend any state other than California, New Jersey, New York, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Illinois, yeah. Oregon, Washington, which leaves a lot of options. It does, in fact. Right? So, what I would do if I were you, I would uh, get my ass back under the bar. And the first day I squatted, I would just go up to 135 and do three sets of five at 135. And then uh, on the deadlifts, I think that day I'd probably do two and a quarter for a set of five deadlifts. Uh, 
I start pressing, your shoulders will be in better shape if you start pressing. First day, you're going to press empty bar, 75, 95 pounds, and just let it sit there. And because all of this is going to make you sore, you know, because you're you hadn't been doing anything, you're not adapted to it. You're going to get sore first day. But after that, what you're going to do is the linear progression on everything but the bench press that you read about in the book. You're going to do a linear progression. You're 36. You're still a kid. You know, you'll be shocked. You'll be back to a 545 squat in four months, four or five months, you know, and in the pro and at 600 pound deadlift in the process of doing that, if you just kind of halfway ass, pay attention to your diet, you're going to have lost all that weight. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the, it, the process is just real simple. The novice linear progression, like you read about it in practical programming. Uh, in the blue book, you need to get the blue book so you know how to do these lifts the way we teach them. But, uh, fuck, man. Welcome home. <laughs> this is, a, that's right. <laughs> we're glad to have you back. The question, is 3x3 three three acceptable as long as I'm seeing gains? He's 52. I did five sets of five or squat up to 250, then progress stalled. Well, you weren't doing the program then, will you? Three sets of three, I am seeing gains, my current program. Squat, bench, threes a week, dead and press two times a week. Any suggestions on program? Be appreciated. Yes, I read all three books. If I had time to go back, read a section, please let me know. I won't waste any more of your valuable time. Look, you, you may have read the books, but you didn't do the program, right? You did at the program, and you're still not doing the program, all right? If you want to do threes at the age of 52, I don't have a problem with that. I might move you to threes if I were training you, but I would uh, probably have you run through some sets of five for at least a few weeks to see if approaching the program correctly did not still allow you to use fives because fives are more productive. And we use threes when fives stop becoming productive, and you don't know that fives are not productive right now. So I would read practical programming again and do the like the advanced novice program that you see Word for word, exactly as you see it in practical programming. Before you get exotic, because it may not be necessary. All right? Uh, I didn't hear about your height or your body weight. I don't know anything about that. So this may be completely inappropriate. You may need to gain some weight. Don't know. All I see immediately is that you're not doing the program. And I hate to be an asshole about not doing the program, but the reason the program is the program is because the program works. And basically everything else that's not the program can walk down the road with a carrot in its ass. All right? <laughs> the thing everybody forgets right. is that doing the program allows you to make better programming decisions down the road. It allow Because yeah. if you've already, if you have a set of, information in front yeah. of you you've got data that yep. were generated yep 
while doing the program that may indicate to you that at some point that you need to change the program up. But unless you have started it from what we have established over and over again as the legitimate baseline level of programming, then you just don't know. If you start off the first day doing sets of eight or sets of three, then you don't know what you could have done had you done the program. All right? Because the program is the phenomenology. It's what's happened hundreds and hundreds, if not millions of times, over the past hundred years as far as lifting weights on barbells is concerned. Okay, here is uh, a sanity check. I'd really appreciate your opinion of the feasibility of the lifting goals I've set for myself. He's 48, weighs 200, 5'7". Started training and weighed 185, so he's gained 15 pounds. Been doing the program religiously three times a week since August. Um, so that's like eight or nine months. Having never deadlifted before in my life and having performed my last squat, terrible form, no doubt, some odd 30 years ago to date, I've taken the press from 95 to 155. Bench press is eight, 185 to 250. Deadlift is 135 to 340. Squat has gone from 185 to, 300, to 330. Those are all 5RM. I switched to Texas method three weeks ago. While still seeing weekly progress, I'm definitely starting to feel the volume days catching up to me. All right. You're 48. I've said this so many times that I I can't believe I actually read this question. But you seem like an honest man, so I'm going to tell you. The Texas method is an extremely effective way to train for post-novice trainees who are unemployed living with their parents because it's too time-consuming. It's too hard. It requires too much food that you may not be able to take the time to eat. And it beats the piss out of anybody that's older than about 35. It just beats the piss out of them. And you're 48. Stop doing the Texas method now and go to the four-day split. Stop doing the Texas method now. Go to the four-day split. It's in practical programming. Get the book, read about the four-day split, and do that, okay? Some additional context. My diet is 75% clean with whole one-ingredient foods and heavy on red meat, chicken, pork, fish, and eggs. Other 25% consists of the occasional cocktails, pizzas, slices, cheesecake, and bowls of Lucky Charms. In other words, you just eat like everybody else does. <laughs> All right. Six hours of sleep a night, long naps during the week, four to six days a week. All right. Yeah, uh, stop doing Texas Method. It's stupid. Okay, dear Uncle Mark, when I do snatches, I'm having a pain in my lateral delts, sometimes traps right after the sets. Not a sharp pain, but it's achy. Something like 
soreness and it passes five minutes after finishing snatches. I'm using a shitty non-spinning bar and iron plates. Okay. <laughs> this is what I have for now. I hope I don't have to stop doing snatches until I get a decent bar because I love snatches and I don't want to stop. Okay. If you are racking a snatch overhead and the rotating mass of the iron plates having been not allowed to spin effectively on the bar because the sleeves don't rotate, and you rack the bar up over your head with rotating mass applying a torque to the bar in your hands, you are going to hurt yourself. All right, and I understand how much fun snatches are, but you're going to hurt yourself. Now, if you don't care about getting hurt, then keep doing it. All right, but the physics of the situation is that your hands and elbows and shoulders have got to absorb the torque applied to the bar by the rotating mass of the plates. A spinning sleeve bar essentially eliminates the torque applied to the bar by the spin of the plates because the plates don't spin because the sleeve spins within the ID of the plate and there's not any energy transferred between the rotating mass and the bar. All right. I hope that's understandable. Uh, you're going to fuck something up doing snatches with a non-rotating sleeve bar. If you are willing to deal with that, then continue. I think it's fantastic he typed that whole thing out and at the end wasn't like, oh, that's why my shoulder hurts. You're right. Yeah, it is. Well, he, it's, he, 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 <laughs> that's great. It's yeah, it, it's it's just the equipment and shit. All right. So, yeah. All right. I think he just wanted some attention. Maybe, yeah. Mark, I think it's time for me to purchase a firearm, and I wanted to know what type of gun you would recommend for home defense. Ooh, good. Oh, that's a good question. Now, for home defense, do you mean in your home defending against somebody coming from in from the outside? Well, I think that two things are are your options. I think you need a large caliber handgun uh, and a short barrel shotgun loaded with number four buck. Both of them are are quickly movable uh both of them are short range weapons that allow you to accurately project a bunch of force over a short range because if we're dealing with home defense we're dealing with short distances you don't need a scoped rifle in your house right if all you want is home defense i think you get a large caliber handgun and uh i like revolvers everybody else Likes Glocks. I'd, if I was serious about this, I'd get a Glock in forty-five caliber, or I'd get a revolver in forty-four caliber. <clears throat> I'd get uh, Mossberg makes a little short black shotgun that will chamber three-inch uh, shells. Uh, number four buck, I think, is better than any of the double aughts, triple aughts, single aughts. It's got more pellets in it. Double-aught buck's got 
what is it, nine thirty-two caliber pellets? Eight or nine, depending on Eight the Eight or brand. nine thirty-two caliber pellets. And number four buck has got about 28 or 30 22 caliber pellets. Uh, but the pattern within a within a normal house, the pattern's going to be the same. The pattern will be the same. Amount of spread will be the same. Yeah. Just amount of tissue destruction from thirty pellets. And remember, all that cal- shit is going to go all the way through. It's going to guy you shoot. It, it's going to be a giant fucking mess. The so, the number four, number eight, a double aught buck is far more likely to completely penetrate the guy's body than the twenty two caliber pellets from the number four buck. So if exit wound shit is a factor, and it is in always, home defense, always will be. it's always a factor in home defense, then uh, that's why I like the number four buck. Uh, but, you know, anytime you have to shoot somebody that's, that has come into your house, collateral damage has got to be a consideration. You're going to have to think about this quite a bit, like where you are in relation to your doors where you are in relation to the kids' bedrooms, that kind of shit. It's all got to be thought about. And uh, But in terms of the type of gun, that's my recommendation. What do you think about that, Nick? I think if you want uh, – well, look, if somebody's already in your house, you've, you've fucked up a lot of things already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so consider that. And then the most firepower you can hold in your hand is going to be a 12-gauge shotgun. Uh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So that that's great. Um, but with that said, my opinion is that you should purchase whatever gun that you can shoot accurately. Um, put the bullets where you want them to go and don't kill people in your house that you don't want to kill. So whether that's a handgun. That's damn good advice. <laughs> whether it's a revolver, whether it's an AR-15. And look, an AR-15 uh, is going to be easier to shoot and it's going to be more accurate in most people's hands all the time. Uh, so, but you're manu- maneuvering a rifle in your house. Yeah, but it could be a short rifle. Yeah. It could be a short rifle. <coughs> if you miss the guy and you put a two-two-three round in the wrong wall, I don't know, man. That's going to be the case with a with a forty-five Colt. It's yeah, it is. With anything, no, you you're absolutely your right. House. There's downsides to having to defend yourself. There's, there always is. If I was going to pick a revolver for home defense, I would get a 44 Special. That's what I would get. It's a big, fat, slow-moving slug. That's probably not going to sail through all the walls in the house. Yep. But if it hits the guy, he stops doing that. Yep. Right? The idea that you're going to, because you have a shotgun and it's got a, a, a large projectile coming out of the end of it and you're not going to miss, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Hell, I miss snakes with a shotgun you're gonna, you're sitting gonna, right, you know, three feet away from me. I've yeah. done stupid shit like that. But you can also fuck someone up real thoroughly with a twenty-two if you know what you're doing. Absolutely. So the, so the point is that it's uh, it's you got to train, you got to shoot, you got to yeah, shoot your weapon. I mean, I hear it all the time. Doesn't matter what you have. You know, special operators like to carry a three eighty as their backup weapon. That's just the okay, Mossad. Fine. The Mossad. Those guys can put the fucking round in your eyeball, so it doesn't matter what they sure. got. Rip the Messiah you know, killed all those dudes after 1972 with right, 22 caliber bullets. Is that right? I mean, the ones Is, that they didn't blow up, right? But the right. ones that they shot were killed with 22 long rifles. Yeah, and read read Beckwith's book. Back in the day, they were. Uh, this is the 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 colonel that started Delta Force, right? Mm-hmm. They they you, you could only suppress a 22. Right. 
Have you seen that unmarked aluminum looking CIA assassination yeah. gun yeah. that had one round of twenty two yeah. long rifle? I've seen a picture of that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the hands of the right guy. You know, but we're not talking to – this ain't the right guy. This ain't the right – that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If someone's in your house, you've already <clears throat> fucked up a bunch of stuff. Right. And th- that's not the time to realize you don't know how to shoot. <laughs> now, if you're going to get a – you're going to get – whatever you end up with, you're going to have to practice a little bit with it, even though ammunition is hideously expensive right, right. now. Yeah. Uh, the fact that ammunition is hideously expensive right now just means that you should have done this a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. You ever shoot an air <coughs> rifle? I just got an air rifle for snakes or whatever. Oh, I used to have house. pellet gun, sure. This is like a thing for shooting varmints and stuff. It's uh, it's right. serious. 1,250 yeah. feet per second. Oh, shit. Out of the Morrison's got one of those. Morrison killed one of the conduits. Holy with shit, man. I didn't, know this yeah. thing, I didn't know these things were like <laughs> that this was – I mean, you just buy it on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're – you know, we used to shoot squirrels and fish and stuff with this damn thing. It yep. works pretty good. Yeah. Crosman, you pump it up as many times as you want, right, right, you know. Yeah. Okay, rip. I'm forty nine, five nine, two forty. Fifteen months ago, I set a total to become goal of becoming stronger by my fiftieth birthday than I've ever been in my life. Thanks to you, I was able to achieve that goal several months ahead of schedule. Following the starting strength program, I made significant gains in size and strength. Bench press gone from three fifteen to an all time personal record of four thirty. My new goal is to bench press five before I turn 41 in a year and a half. Is there anything special you would recommend to help me reach this goal? Or should I just keep banging out my three sets of five? Well, uh, John, if what you're doing right now is working, don't change anything. Don't change anything. I will tell you that most people don't get to 430 at a body weight of 240. Most people don't get to 430 or especially 500 without taking a bunch of drugs. All right. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying it's usually not done. So, you know, things are going to get harder between now and 500 pounds. But you just have to keep grinding through it. And the primary thing is, is just hope to God you don't get hurt. Uh, the primary reason most people do not get a great big bench press is because they hurt themselves. They hurt a shoulder or they tear a pec. It's easy to do that with that much weight loading that badly designed a joint. Okay. So I just, the process that got you here seems to be working. So I would not change anything right now. Uh, you're 49. If you're not on TRT, you will find that to be helpful. Okay. Let's see here. Your podcast is one of my favorite things in life. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay. (laughs) I'm 40, lifting since I discovered starting strength three years ago. 5'8", went from 155 to 205 during this time. Got my bench press. Of course, that was all fat. Of course. Right. 10 pounds a year of muscle is what you can gain, according That's to, all the, you, to the literature. That's all you can gain. Is it, it, anything else is just fat. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah, impossible. Without <laughs> steroids, of course. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Let's not forget with, that. With, without steroids. Because anybody that did get strong, that didn't get fat, 
is obviously yes. doing steroids. Yes. All right. Let's see here. Says, uh, got bench up to 280. However, since crossing beyond about 250 is my work weight, so I've been experiencing all kinds of aches and pains. Wrist wraps have helped mitigate pain in the wrist joints, but I have occasional shoulder pain and likely a recurring case of biceps tendonitis that materializes as aching pain from my biceps all the way down to my forearms on both sides. Once it starts aching during a workout, it will continue to ache for hours. What would you recommend I do to remedy this? Look at your squats. Because the squat is what's causing this. This is a classic description of the pain that I talked about all those years ago in starting strength. You're holding the bar wrong on your squats. You're loading your elbows and your wrists. The bar's in the wrong place. Your grip's the wrong width. Your wrists are in the wrong position, and this is the problem. Go on the website and look at the hundreds of thousands of videos that we have posted about how to squat correctly in terms of your grip and your elbows and everything else because that's what's causing this, not your bench, okay? Hi, Rip. 48, 5, 11, 195. Strength training just over four years. I'm taking a statin to help reduce my cholesterol for just over a year, which has helped improve my cholesterol numbers tremendously. <laughs> numbers are good. Better cholesterol numbers are very, very important, even though the man does not have heart disease, right? Those numbers are very important. Mysterious bone pain and shit. Yeah. Notwithstanding, you know. <laughs> now that I've been able to get back to the gym after about one year due to the COVID lockdown, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on the effects statins may have on strength training and muscle development. There's quite a bit of articles online, and it seems there are some, some negative impacts. <laughs> To strength training and muscle development. Okay. This is Tony, you have actually believed the bullshit. You said, bug, I just killed him. You believed your doctor. You believed your doctor. Your doctor writes statins for Pfizer. He works for the drug companies. This I don't need to tell you about this. You've already read about it. Right? You know who? There is one group of people. Exactly one demographic for whom statins are beneficial, and that is men over the age of 55 who have already had a heart attack. And it remains to be seen by what mechanism statins positively affect that demographic. It may not have anything to do with the cholesterol numbers. You didn't tell me what your cholesterol numbers are here. It doesn't matter what your cholesterol numbers here. You're a healthy 48-year-old man without heart disease. I think you would have probably told me had you had heart disease. You don't have heart disease. You're obediently responding to your doctor's inadequacies. All right? Outgrow your doctor. Okay? Get past the doctor. All right? He's past you. I promise you, you're not his concern. All right. Rip is an older lifter, 54. I've often 
I often have difficulty completing a set of five reps. You notice all these guys are old today? Yeah. Is that the only people that ask us questions? That's the only people that that's the only people that follow you too. Well, we had a couple of younger guys. A couple of young guys. Every once in a while. Every once in a while, a younger guy will show up. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes my four breaks down after two or three reps, and I can't help but think that breaking up the working set into smaller rep groups where I can maintain good form would be better for me. Hmm. I was wondering if on my working set, if, there, if I were to do three reps, rest 30 seconds, and then do two reps. Does that count as a set of five? No. That counts as a set of three plus two. Sometimes I even do two reps. Rest 30 seconds, do two more reps. Rest 30 seconds, do one rep. Does that also count as a set of five? No. <laughs> no, that counts as a double, and then another double, and then a single. It's almost like doing a cluster set until I complete the required number of reps. It's not almost. That's exactly No, that's not almost anything. That's exactly what you're doing. Does this approach have the same training effect as doing an uninterrupted set of five reps? No, it doesn't. This is discussed in practical programming. A set of five reps lasts 45 seconds, maybe a minute, whereas a set of two lasts 15 seconds. It's a completely different physiologic situation. And it causes a completely different, not completely different, but a different uh, physical adaptation to the stress. It's a different type of stress, so it causes a different type of adaptation. This is explained in excruciating detail in practical programming. Get that book. Now, you're 54. I don't know that you need to be doing sets of five, but I also don't think you need to be making excuses for why you want to do a set of five and then... Since a set of two is easier, you're going to do that. That almost sounds like RPE, doesn't it? Jesus. Okay. Uh, my question is pretty basic. How do you get over fear of lifting a particular weight? What brought me to the question, deadlifting two weeks ago going for a heavy double. First rep a bit grindy but felt okay. Second rep left the bar slipping out just above the knee, slipping out just above the knee. Loud crack in my lower back. Jeez. Minor back pain for two days. No big deal. <laughs> <clears throat> well, maybe the crack wasn't as loud as he thought it was. He adjusted himself. That's what yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah. First uh, trial went, uh, tried the same weight reps came today. Uh, first, fairly easy. Second rep, fear and hesitation took over. I couldn't even budget off the floor. I understand it's a highly individual issue. All right, here's the situation, Arthur. If you, you will not pull hard on something you are terrified is going to hurt you. You just won't do it. You could usually make yourself go down on a squat because the bar is already on your back. And uh, an eccentric phase precedes the concentric phase. You can usually ride a squat now, even if you intend to cut it off. You can actually start the rep. But if there's a bar laying on the floor and the goddamn thing is terrifying to you and you just feel like shit or your hand hurts or something's wrong or something's on your mind, the first thing you got to do is get the thing off the floor and continue to hold on to it and – 
you're you're a lot of times you just won't do that. You know, a lot of times you're just not going to do it that way. It's not uh, anything that's you know. It's I mean, it's a protective function of your central nervous system to not kill yourself. You know, in the same way that your back will not pull off of the floor a bar that your hands cannot hold on to. Your hands may refuse to hold on to something that your brain is afraid is going to hurt you. All right. Now, how do you get past this? You just butch the fuck up, you know, and go through the procedure, go through the procedure. The advantage to doing things the way we teach is that every one of these exercises gives you a specific process that you have to go through in order to execute the movement pattern. All right. Now, uh, big, you know, bald-headed power lifters, their, their coaching method for the deadlift is... Just pick it up off the floor. Grip and rip it. Grip and rip. You know, I got it. No, 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 no. No, that's not what you do. Because that doesn't give you anything to think about. All right? If you are dealing with a limit weight, then perfect execution of the movement pattern, perfect involvement of all elements of the kinetic chain, have got to take place or it's not going to go. So every one of these exercises, we give you a thing to think about in order to execute the movement pattern. And in the event of the, in the, in the, in the instance of the deadlift, what we tell you to do is to precisely take your stance. There's a series of events that have to be taken care of here. You're going to take your grip with your hips up in the air. You're going to leave your hips higher than you think they need to be. And then you're going to squeeze your chest up and make damn sure that your lower back is in extension. And there's several tools that we give you in order to ensure that your low back gets squeezed into complete extension. And then once that setup is in place, then you are going to push down on the floor with the middle of your foot, which is right under the barbell. You're going to continue pushing down, holding the low back tight until the bar starts to move up. And then you're going to continue applying that pressure to the floor and the thing just comes up. And you haven't one minute, not one millisecond of that of that process, had time to think about being afraid of it because you're thinking about the execution. You're thinking about the movement itself. You're not thinking about, uh, oh, shit, because the oh, shit factor has been replaced with a method. It's been replaced with a procedure that you have to execute. So that's my recommendation. Go back into your book and look at what you have to do in order to successfully deadlift the weight. And think about that instead of thinking about, oh, shit. 
Because if you do this correctly, you won't have time to think, oh, shit. Okay? Oh, look. The end. The end is nigh. You know what nigh means, right? Uh, it means near. Near. It means near. Nigh and near. It's what they wear on the sandwich board. Nigh. Walking the end up is and near. Down the, the end, the is, end is near. The end is nigh. The end is nigh is kind of literary. I've seen it it's in like movies. Mark Hurling would say. That's right. That's exactly right. While he's talking about DB. <laughs> <laughs> First, I want to say how nice it was to hear you give tribute to Rush Limbaugh after he died. One of the reasons I've enjoyed listening to you for the past couple of years is because you somehow remind me of Rush. Thanks for keeping him alive with your values, honesty, and by always making the complex understandable. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I do have a training question regarding female lifters. Oh, I always hear you telling guys they're too skinny and need to eat more. My question for you is, as a woman, how much more do I need to eat and how much more do you want me to weigh in order to continue improving with the novice linear progression? Being a typical girl, I'm shallow. She means superficial. And I like to avoid putting on weight. I've been on the progression for about three weeks with prior lifting experience. 5'5", 125. 5'5", 125. She's 26. Three sets of five. Numbers are 170 deadlift, 100 bench, one, uh, no, 60 pounds on the press and 90 on the squat. Squat is so low because I, before starting the program, I didn't push my squat because I feared flaring up an old knee injury. I would also appreciate advice on squat for people who have a fear of hurting their knees, even if the fear is irrational. Thanks for all you do. Elisa, here's the deal. If you are 5'5", five, five, all right, when you are in good shape and strong, you're going to weigh 150, 155. Okay? 165. There are lots and lots of 5'5", five, five, good-looking women who are 165, 170. Okay? So, 125 as a body weight is uh, too light to be strong. Okay? You probably already know that, or you wouldn't mention all this other shit about not gaining weight. At 5'5", 125, uh, you're kind of light, though, right? And uh, I think if you start looking around and looking at other women that are training and that have got nice muscular butts and legs and nice arms and stuff, you're going to find that every single one of those women is heavier than you are right now and that you're, in fact, okay with the way they look and that ought to calm you down about gaining the weight you need to gain to get this done. You're just not starting this, okay? But if you place some kind of artificial constraint on how much you're going to weigh, you're going to be placing artificial constraints on how strong you get. And it's not okay for boys to do that, and it's not okay for girls to do it either. All right? We want you carrying as much muscle and as much strength as you possibly can carry. And you want that too. But... Don't set up some weird-ass artificial barrier 
that's going to prevent you from getting there and make you ultimately frustrated with your training. Okay. You don't want to get frustrated in the gym. You know, it's, 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 this shit is hard enough already without you getting in the way of your progress with your own psychology. Okay. Now you're asking about a knee injury here. All right. This is real easy. All right. If you squat the way we tell you to squat and the way I came up with this is by having knee injuries and figuring out how to keep from having them and how to train around them. If you will squat with your hips, if you'll look down and reach back and shove your knees out instead of letting them go forward and stay out of your knees and stay in your hips and think about that procedure. Like I just yelled at the other guy about the deadlift on and focus on what you're doing with your hips and focusing on pointing your chest at the floor, focusing on a more horizontal back angle and making your back and your hips do the squat for you instead of your knees. Then you won't hurt your knees. You won't hurt your knees. And you will immediately know this once you change your squat technique over to a hips-dominant squat. They'll feel better. You'll immediately see why, why I'm telling you this. Okay, thanks for the question. Now, look, all of the papers have been turned upside down and thrown onto the floor, which means that we're done, all right? Uh, thank you for joining us here on Starting Strength Network. And uh, tell your friends about it. Email all your buddies. Get them to go sign up for the, for the service. We could do nice long ones like this, like we've done today. Uh, more more podcasty type things instead of shorter clips. Since, uh, you know, we're talking to an audience that, by definition, appreciates what we're telling them instead of just some dickless motherfucker that walks by and looks in the window for two minutes and types something stupid on his computer and goes away. All right? Uh, again, thank you. Thank you very much for being with us today. We're looking forward to talking to you in this format again, and we'll see you next time here on Starting Strength Radio.